Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the NS9 Post Game Show. I am your host, Anthony Donardo. With me, we have Jim Rosati. Welcome, Jim. Welcome back. Let's run it again. Yeah, uh, not as fun of a game today as yesterday. That's for sure. But yeah, we're back at it. Just like every other day. <laughs> what a grind. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah, hey, uh, we're almost, we're I, almost done now. There's only like 50 games left. Only like 50 games left. Yeah, that's almost done. Yeah. No, at any rate though, for real. I know I complained a lot last night. <laughs> it is what it is. This lineup today wasn't too much better, but at any rate, yeah, like you said last night, scoring output they won eight to four. Today was a lot different. Today was a it was a boring game to be honest in that sense, right? But like it was a boring game because it was actually really, really good pitching to that effect. Kudos on Bailey falter. I mean, he came in, we've already said our piece on him. He did more than enough to keep this team in the game to, to win it, which they were at that point of time. Um, so yeah, like it was actually some decent pitching, no real offense on either side. Uh, but ultimately the pirates do lose three to two in extra innings with a walk-off single. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, let's talk about Bailey Falter for a bit. Um, this was his Pirates debut. It was fine. I wouldn't really put it in the good category. It wasn't a bad start. Uh, he goes four-plus innings, gives up six hits. Uh, started five innings, and, and four of those he let the leadoff runner on. So it just wasn't really a recipe for like sustain, sustained success. Um, but he did okay. Um, again, you'd like to see your starting pitcher go deeper in the game, uh, but for sure. his debut, I guess you'll take this. I just like at the same sense, I feel as if this is what Bailey Falter presents. Hopefully, you want more innings. Obviously, I think that's that's one thing, but this is kind of what like Bailey Falter is. So this type of a game, as you mentioned, I'm not saying it's like best case scenario, but like you said, I'll take this. I'll take this from Bailey Falter. Yeah, it almost makes me think, because right after Bailey Falter, and we'll talk about the next guy too, but Andre Jackson comes in and pitches three innings. I wonder if this wasn't the plan going into this, you know, like Falter, maybe get through two, uh, you know, two times through the lineup and then and go go to Jackson. So that, that may have been the plan going in. It may have just worked out that way, but it ended up being a pretty good piggyback scenario that those two put together. Yeah, I want to get the Jackson, but we'll stick to Falter for now. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I guess the one thing to talk about now, granted, he was hitting, he averaged 91.8 on the, on the fastball, topped out 94.1. So maybe just like a smidge more velocity than we anticipated. Not much, but a smidge. Uh, and then with that said, 
not a whole lot of swing and miss stuff. Six whiffs on nine. I'm sorry, on 31 swings, 19%. So like again, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like we already talked, you know, he, he doesn't have a whole lot of velocity. He has a four pitch. Well, actually, like a really a three pitch mix. Um, he's got to hit the spots. It was good enough tonight. You know, I guess it was our first taste of seeing him. Uh, you see the limitations. And and again, right? Like this is like I, I don't want to preference this as like best case scenario, but this is probably one of the better daily falter starts we might see this year. Yeah. Um threw his slider a little bit more than normal tonight. That's kind of what I was looking for. Is like, hey, well, is, what's different than what he had been doing in Philadelphia? Because clearly the pirates like see something in this guy. Um so he uh, he was he threw a slider about ten percent of the time going into today, and he threw the slider twenty one percent today. So it, it Statcast has that as his best pitch. The fastball seemed like his best pitch tonight for the most part. Most yeah. of his and misses came on that. Um, but yeah, the the slider twice his normal usage on that. Uh, the curveball definitely got hit harder than any pitch. Uh, average exit velo of ninety seven against his curveball. Uh, whereas his fastball and his slider were both in the low 80s. So um, slider, fastball seemed pretty decent. Curveball, it, it looked good, but the results on it weren't all that great. Uh, but yeah, like I said, first start, he's going to get his opportunities in this rotation with the way that it's set up right now. So we'll have plenty of time to uh, to kind of form our own opinion about Bailey Falter come come the end of the season. For the first start, though, I mean, it was fine. I think that's probably the best way to put it. And that's probably the best that you could have hoped for today. Um, so, yeah, it, it was fine. Not to go too deep in this rabbit hole, but, right, like we know Falter was a guy that they've been targeting for a while. We also know they love the slider. So, like, it's not shocking that the slider was up. Maybe again, like you said, and, and going back to the Brucky talk last night, there is something they see in him and with this and maybe – the pitch mix usage, whatnot, that they're going to find something and he's going to be the next King. I don't know. I'm not going to go there, but right for tonight, it was fine. I do want to move on to Andre Jackson, elite hair. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Elite hair. Um, yeah. The, the guy came in and first off, very impressed with this changeup. Uh, he threw, he threw 11 of them. Uh, he was 50% whiff rate on his changeup today. The fastball seemed like he had pretty decent command. Like he was hitting the corners whenever he needed to three scoreless innings from Andre Jackson. And yeah. the stuff looked good. Like he, he looked, he looked pretty good out there. And then like the way that the way that he was able to give you length out of the bullpen, I mean, he, he got the game into the eighth inning you know, with, with the lead. So impressive pirates debut for Andre Jackson. I said falters pirates debut fine. Andre Jackson's pirates debut. I don't think anyone could have uh, predicted or expected that he'd go in there and pitch three scoreless innings and really just dominate. Didn't give up a hit. Didn't walk a batter like three great innings. Yeah. This is the pickup from the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. This was the uh, 27 year old on Andre Jackson from the Dodgers who stinks. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, okay, like looking at his, his minor league numbers with the Dodgers, had a 5.86 ERA in 27 innings with the Dodgers themselves this year. And again, this is the Dodgers team we're talking about. When you're talking about thinking minds, you're talking about analytics, when you're talking about the teams that turn these type of players into the good ones, it's the Dodgers. With the Dodgers, 17.2 innings out of that bullpen this year, a 6.62 ERA, 5.65 FIP. Nothing, yeah, to expect, nothing to anticipate here. I'll say this. So, like, with with that being said, decent, like, prospect pedigree here, though. Like, first, I mean, not a great showing this year for the Dodgers in the majors or in AAA. But last year in the majors, didn't get a whole lot of work. But when he did, he looked great. Two years ago, when he got, got a look, looked great. Um, really impressive numbers pretty much all the way through double a ball as a starter. Um, you know, he, sure. was, he, he, he made a futures game coming through the minors. Like the guy, the guy, there, there's something there. Right. Um, and the Dodgers, well, he wouldn't be a pirate right now. Hold if on. It wasn't, it's not true. The Dodgers are a team where there's always going to be a roster crunch just because of the amount of talent that they have. So guys like this, who, you know, they, the Dodgers felt like them enough to keep them on their 40 man roster for three years. Like the, the Dodgers saw something there. It was just a matter of he, he wasn't the guy now. Um, but Hey, based off of first look off first look from him, Um, I was very impressed. I would like to see more Andre Jackson going forward. Maybe in right. this same like long relief role, like, like we saw him tonight. Well, I mean, that's where I was going with this. But again, like you look at this stuff. I mean, there was nothing exciting about him coming on over. I mean, you are right with the roster crunch with the Dodgers, but he hasn't been good. And you talked about last year with his limited numbers in the majors. But like you look at his AAA numbers last year and they were also awful. So I understand like the nine innings in the majors were, were good, like you said, in that limited time. But his minor league numbers were just absolutely awful as well. Comes over this year, minor league numbers are awful. Hits the majors again, the major league numbers are awful. Pirates pick him up. And the Pirates minor league numbers are better. <laughs> yeah. And now yeah. you see him today. And like you said, just the first, first outing, first look, I'm, I'm kind of hooked. I want to see more. So we had, again, the last on our, our Baraki discussion. Now we're talking about Andre Jackson. And I'm intrigued. Yeah, I mean, it seems like in the in the recent seasons, his command and the walks have been his biggest issue. Um, pretty good amount of home runs, too, that he gives up. But right. the strikeout stuff is there. Uh, and like I said, you saw it tonight. The stuff, the stuff plays. It's just a matter of command now. So, yeah, I want to see more. He left me seeing he left me wanting to see more of, uh, of Andre Jackson for sure. And the fact he did three innings. Yeah. The, the length that was be, pretty impressive. Yeah. That could be huge for the rest of the year, too. Just just to finish this year, what he can provide for this rotation slash bullpen as well. Um, and then to see what he carries over into the next season, uh, potentially. Yep. So, yeah. So, fine outing for Falter. Really impressive outing for Jackson here. Uh, De Los Santos then comes in, gives up the one, one scoreless inning as well. His ERA down to a 304 on the season. Gets the hold and then boring Bednar <laughs> comes into the game, Jim. And he didn't make it boring today. Yeah. And I'll say this like, a lot of question marks in that ninth inning. 
you know, the, the defensive substitution at the beginning of the inning, which if you look and see how Henry Davis has been playing right field in hindsight, you're like, I wish that wouldn't have happened, but in the moment I'm okay with taking Henry Davis out defensively in a one run game in the ninth inning. Um, I, I don't think Shelton deserves a ton of blame for that. Um, the problem is the pirates probably win this game. If Henry Davis doesn't get taken out and it two, and that's twofold yeah. one, I don't think Perkins even attempts to tag up if Henry Davis is out there. You know, if he's read a scouting report on Henry Davis, you're not, you're not going to second base on that fly ball. Um, and if he had Davis's arm substantially better than Palacios's arm, uh, and, and you know, you have a lot better chance of getting him out. So that was, it was frustrating after the fact, but you can't really fault the decision at the time that it was made, I think. I think that's fair. That's fair. And it is one of those things where, right, that going back to last night with the lineup, right? Bad decision to begin with, but it worked out. And this is one of those things where it probably was the right decision, but the opposite effect. Like, if you would have kept them, it probably would have worked out for the yeah. better part. Because um, yeah. again, that that hose he has, yeah, absolutely. But it is what it is, and yeah, David Bednar, not as Chris today, uh, does give up two hits, the earned run there, uh, which ties it up, which leads to extras, which of course we have the silly Mickey Mouse rules with the man on second base. Um, Before we even get there, though, I, I mean, another thing happened that ninth too, like Jason Delay, a costly wild pitch that he gives up. Right, he had that's that's a ball that that needs to be stopped in that situation. Um, both runs that the brewer scored in, um, you know, nine innings today, both aided by, by wild pitches that, you know, you look back on it and if delay is able to smother those balls, we're also in a whole different situation. So there was a lot of things that kind of compounded in that ninth inning, a lot of bad baseball that compounded to, uh, to make this thing go to extra innings. Very fair. Yeah. Quite unfortunate because the reason Jason delays there is, well, I guess because he's the veteran catcher. And that's a veteran thing that should. Veteran. veteran right. Catcher. Yeah. Yeah. That's also fair. That's all. That's, 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 he's caught like right, 50 games in his career. <laughs> he's a veteran to Andy. And of course, Henry Davis cannot catch just simply. That's yeah. a rule. But yeah, so that's the things that, that that's why. But regardless, though, take out the word veteran. You can argue that he is there because he is the elder statesman of the young bucks. He's the guy that's supposed to be the solid catcher. And granted, he like the numbers have improved this year, right? We talked about the defense stuff. This is the stuff that he has to do. If that was Endy, you can kind of shrug it off a little bit. Growing pains, you're learning whatever. You still don't want to see it. But like delay, you have to make that. All right. Yep. So. As mentioned, it does turn over to extra innings. Perdomo comes in. Perdomo gives up two walks. Also bad defense. Well, intentional walks. Both intentional. Right. Um, Revis, <sighs> now he did get the one out. I don't know what was going on there. That should have been an easy double play. So I'm not going to. But... So when I first saw the play, I didn't know what Revis was doing. But when you see the replay, 
you do see Canna kind of going wide in the second base. If Rivas had unloaded that throw to second base, I don't know if it would have gotten there. Um, so I'm I'm good with Rivas, and and I'm believe me, I I want to I want to ridicule Rivas if I can because I don't like the guy. I think he's terrible, but I think he made the right decision to go to first. Now he like tripped over. I don't know what he was doing when he went into first. He got the out. It ended up working, but I'm not gonna fault him for that double play either. Like it, that was just good base running by Mark Canna. If you throw that ball, it deflects off of him, and it's in the outfield, and the game's over right then and there. I don't, I don't know if that ball gets through. Okay, that's fair. Did he not go inside though? Like it looked to me like he had a lane. No, so so because he wasn't good? holding him on, so he was behind. And then Canna, okay. when he went in the second, if you, yeah, I mean, if you watch the replay, Canna swung out wide to get mm-hmm. in the throwing lane. It uh, it wouldn't have gone well, I think, if he would have thrown it to second. Fair then. All right. Any rates, um, yeah, but like I do want to express though, like Perdomo looked pretty good. There's one of those two, like I mean, the loss comes on to him, but I want to hear your point. But he has again, I know we've talked about this a little bit, like he's left me kind of feeling like maybe there's something to him. Well, he's got good stuff and tonight. I felt like he was he still pitched solid for that outing. Yeah, I mean, he has good stuff. I'm not a huge fan of like all the intentional walks with him mainly because the command, like that's his problem is knowing where that good stuff is going. Like intentionally loading bases with Perdomo on the mound just kind of seems like a, a, a disaster to me because like half the time he doesn't know where he's throwing the ball. Um, but <laughs> no, he, I mean, he gave up the hit. So, I mean, I don't think you can ever really fault a reliever for giving up one run in an extra inning game because that runner starting on second. Right. But, um, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, didn't get the job done. The intentional walks played a part in it. Maybe I, I wasn't a fan of all those intentional walks. I guess I understood them. I understood. I hear them. your point, but Looking at him, the walks haven't been like egregious this year either, which again is partly of why like I'm kind of intrigued by him. Um, there's a 2.78 walks per nine on the year coming into the game. Obviously, right now it's up because they were intentional, like you said, 3.47. But like he, I understand the command isn't crisp, but he isn't really walking a ton of guys this year. And again, that's it's why I'm left a little more intrigued by him. But regardless, um, I don't have that big of a problem with the intentional walks today either. And he he faced Yelich and like he looked really really good against Yelich as well. Uh, but at any rate, yeah, he gives up the run, and the Pirates lose by walk off. Yeah, and like like Thomas said here, we we just talked about pitching for for 19 minutes. Pitching is not the reason why the Pirates lost today. No. Pirates lost today because of one through six went zero for twenty three. That's why. Yes, the the one. And again, three, I want to highlight. Yeah, I one through six in this lineup was decent. terrible. For sure. This is why I have the issues about the lineup construction in tonight's show. But again, I don't know if there's any change that happened. Like someone asked here, why wasn't Kutch leading off? And I mean, Kutch did the same thing Palacios did as well, but. 
Yeah. Over four, over four, over four, over four, over three, over four. And then that four walks mixed in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we can get the lineup construction, but again, like it doesn't really matter at this point. McCutcheon mm-hmm. should be leading off. He's a 381 on base percentage. There's no reason why Andrew McCutcheon shouldn't be leading off every time he's in the lineup. Like, we should just get that, get that out there. Like, Andrew McCutcheon should be this team's leadoff hitter. Um, but those top six guys, I mean, Corbin Burns didn't even really look all that crisp tonight, I thought. He walked four batters. Command wasn't there. Um, they just, they did nothing. Um, Josh Palacios did nothing. Brian Reynolds did nothing. And and I know Reynolds has been hot lately, but bad tonight. Um, one for eight with runners in scoring position. They, this team was, uh, McCutcheon was over one Reynolds over one Palacios over two Davis over one Hayes over one, like down the line. One through six was bad. Seven, eight, nine were the, Alika Williams got on base four times. Like he was, yeah. he, he was the best. He was the most valuable player on this offense today. Uh, Jason delay delivered the big hit there in the, uh, what inning was at the fifth inning when he had a two out two run double. Like that was a huge hit for Jason delay. I was actually thinking like, Hey, maybe we should pinch it for pitch it, pinch it right here. It's the fifth inning. But I was like, but Shelton stuck with them and, and delay came through, but you're not going to win games when one through six are oh for 23. No, absolutely not, especially this lineup because you can't really depend on seven, eight, nine to do what they did even tonight to give you that chance. So, but right, you're absolutely correct. I mean, this offense was gone, absolutely. I and mean, your point with, with uh, Corbin Burns, I mean, he actually looked crisp early and then it did kind of fall apart, but then they didn't again, like they didn't capitalize, like that was the moment. And correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, I thought this was in the game. I didn't go back. That's essentially what happened the last time they faced Burns, right? Like, the, wasn't he like perfect through four or something? And then they got to him. I forget. I don't remember. But I, I was like sensing that because he looked really good. And then he started to not look so sharp. And I was like, okay, here's the moment that they're going to do it. I mean, granted, like you mentioned, Jason Slade did have the two run shot there, but like it wasn't enough to capitalize and it didn't carry over to the relievers as well. So, yeah, I mean, no offense today. That's been the story for most of the year. There actually was some solid pitching behind them today to give them enough win without the offense. And, right, they just aren't able to capitalize and put it through. Yeah, again, just the, the, the runners in scoring position not coming through and, and just complete lack of execution between between those one through six hitters. Um I guess before we start bashing people, because they're, they're, I don't know if there's anybody who want to bash in that lineup at this point, but um, I do want to talk about Alika Williams. I feel like I feel like we haven't really bought into Alika Williams yet, and I'm not saying that I have bought into Alika Williams. Um, it's a small sample size, but the guy's hitting 333, 429, 417 now. Three walks today, one for one. It was an infield single. Um we always talk about small sample sizes, right? Like, sure. He's having, he looked good in his small sample size and, and, and something that you say all the time, if you're going to have a small sample size, you might as well look good in it. Uh, so that, that that's kind of what we're seeing with William so far. It's been what, I think this was his sixth 
actually five in a row. Ten games now. So ten games played. Um, but so far, so good. Yeah, five game hitting streak currently. Um he's he's on a nice little run right now that, that you like to see. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I talked about last night. It was his first three games he went hit list. He looked out of sorts. Didn't look good. Mm-hmm. But like in those three games, what was impressive, and I think we all talked about this too, like his very first at bat was against what Josh Hader, the Padres, he pinch hit in. Yeah. And he had like he took him like eleven pitches, I think. Like, like that was impressive. It ultimately was an out, right? And we discussed. Like, I mean, I know it was an out, but however, within that out, it was actually kind of impressive, especially for your first at bat. So I mean, there were some things that you kind of liked in seeing that. And obviously he went over six his first three games, but then right, one for four. And then since then, he's now on a five-game hit streak. He's getting hits, he's getting on base. Like you said, three walks today and that single. It's small sample. I understand like the track record isn't there, but since he's come to Pittsburgh, they had that leg kick, his triple A numbers improved. He's earned his opportunity to be here right now based on how everyone else is performing. And now that he is here, he is performing. So yes. kudos to him to his point. I'm I'm willing to watch and and see if he intrigues me any further. And especially when it comes like defensive, uh, like his defensive ability, he's the best shortstop we've seen anyone play on this team this mm-hmm. year. Uh, so if he can just hover around, if he can just be decent at the plate and and play really good defense at shortstop, then that's enough to hold us over until O'Neill Cruz gets back here. Yeah. And honestly, like think about that too. Realistically, when O'Neill Cruz comes back, you have to assume it's probably going to be early to mid-September. That's given like Alika Williams enough, enough of a sample size to start thinking what he is. I mean, you saw like Nick Gonzalez, as we talked about too with Nick Gonzalez. It's a small sample, but in that small sample early on, he was looking decent. And, you know, he got a little bit more. He's got, like, a little over 100 plate appearances, and you see what he is. I'm not saying Leak is going to go down that road, but he'll have about 100 plate appearances by then. You can kind of get gauge an idea. Maybe he stays up here with O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, I'd like to um, – like I said, I, I, I haven't bought into him yet, but I'm willing to give him a chance. Uh, and, and so far, he's looked pretty good. I think that's absolutely fair to say. Outside of that, I mean, Henry Davis has been struggling. I know last night was a big game for him. Comes back, he's still struggling. I know Andy Davis is also struggling as well, but if we're talking about like why, we're talking about some decisions here, right? Like when Kutch is in the lineup, why is he not batting leadoff? Why is Andy getting so many days off? I guess that's like my question. I know he's struggling, but Everyone really is. Also, is this like his third time he sat in like seven games? I don't have to go. I have to look. Um, but uh, let's see. Yes, this is actually the yeah third time he's sat in six games. He's played three out of the last six Ooh. games. Andy, even worse. So, yeah. I mean, you'd like to get him some more bats, and I'd also like to see them like try something out. Like, if you are if you are going to rest Andy Rodriguez, then maybe try first base or 
or plug him in a DH if you need to. But uh, you know, if McCutcheon's not not there, I, like last night. I don't love just completely removing his bat from the lineup, even though it hasn't been like amazing so far. But I'd, I'd rather have him in there than than some of these other guys. That's where I'm at. I understand he's struggling, but so are others. What's giving them the opportunity to play and not Andy? I'm just a little bit confused. That's all. I, I agree. Like he's a catcher and you're probably going to have a little bit more days off at that position than others and such. But three out of six isn't, I am a catcher. I need half the time on the bench. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I think, um, yeah, I'd like to see them get his bat in there a little bit more. And again, we we keep hearing Ben Sherrington says, "Hey, once the trade deadline's here, Henry Davis is going to get some catching time. Like, when's that going to happen?" There's now two games since they've traded Austin Hedges that Endy has sat, and both games uh, Jason Delay gets the start. So, when are we going to see the first ever Henry Davis started catcher? Don't know. Don't know. All right. Outside of that, I guess nothing, nothing else. I mean, the hits again, it's not hard to add up. Peggy had one. Alika Williams had one. Jason Delay had one. That was it. 10 strikeouts as a team. Not totally egregious, but, you know, 10 strikeouts. Seven walks, though. Had enough to win. Let it go in extras. Game over. But there's another game tomorrow. I just want to see these guys be more aggressive at the plate. Like the walks are nice, but they're not hitting the ball. So, like, even if you walk once an inning, it doesn't matter because someone still has to hit you in. So, like, that's where we're at now. Like, I'm the walk numbers seem nice, but they're not doing anything with it. Like, walks are good when you can hit a two run homer after someone walks, walks are good when you can lace a double into a gap after somebody walks. This team's not doing it. They're just, the hard contact wasn't there tonight. Andrew McCutcheon did hit some balls hard. He was kind of unlucky there um, a, a few times, but for the most part, the offense just rolled over tonight. Just no, yeah. just complete lack of aggressiveness at the plate. It's kind of their ML. And you can be too aggressive. Like you've got to find a healthy medium, but right now there's not attacking the baseball. Nobody is. Except for Henry Davis. I feel like Henry Davis kind of gets his hacks up there, makes contact. Davis, it, uh, you look at today, like didn't strike out. I don't think really think he went deep into counts very much, but still didn't. I play. feel like <laughs> Davis and Kutch have very similar approaches. You don't have to worry about them going that route. I mean, they're already naturally selective, and they're going to they're gonna hack away at their pitch, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't worry about those two, even though, of course, Henry Davis is awful right now at the plate. <laughs> but was he two for 26 now? Two yeah, for 27. He's definitely going through a rough patch. Um, you know, you saw the, the homer yesterday, which was good to see. Um, just keep getting him at bats because the approach doesn't look bad. Like he doesn't look lost up there. No, like, right. Like he, he looks fine. It's just the hits aren't coming right now. Yep. So, okay. With that said, was there anything else that you want to talk about with this game? 
don't think so. Fair enough. So let's get out of here then. We will see you back tomorrow. Jim, who's uh, what's the matchup tomorrow? Brandon Woodruff versus Johan Oviedo. Brandon Woodruff, this is his third start of the year, it seems. So uh, he uh, he is scheduled to come off of the IL and make his uh, first start since April 7th tomorrow. You know what that means. It means he's going to get rocked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, before we go, I just want to do a little fact check because I did look. I forgot to bring it up. Uh, what I said about Corbin Burns, that's not what happened. He only faced the Pirates once this year. It was on July 1st. Seven innings, two earned. There was someone I know was the Brewers. I don't know. But anyway, well, he, only there was someone one doing... he, he only gave up one hit in that game. So that, that might have been it. Maybe then. I guess I thought they got to him more than they did then. At any rate, no big deal. I just want to say that that was Corbin Burns' start. Yeah. So let's get out of here. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Bye-bye. See you guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.